Yes, sir. Yes, ma'am. We are back. Back, like back, back, back. Not back, but like back, 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 back. Yes, sir. It's the Dynasty Years, man. Back at it again with another podcast episode, man. This time we're talking the NBA playoffs. The regular season is over. The regular season is done. And myself and my brother Alex, we are here to give y'all our outlook on the NBA season. But I'm getting ahead of myself. I'm so hyped. We haven't talked to y'all in a long time. I didn't even do the introduction correctly. It's your boy, Darius Capers, a.k.a. Kung Fu Cape on the Twitch, Darius underscore Capers, Darius Capers on the socials. And please, please, please make sure you are following the Dynasties podcast on Instagram and you are subscribing to the YouTube channel at the Dynasties podcast. We are going up on all platforms. Please, please, please give us a follow, give us a sub, and I'll pitch it over to my boy. What to do, everybody? Uh, men, children, women, come all, come ye, come all. Um, it's your boy Alex Reed, um, the one and only. Um, you can hit me on Instagram, 10GOLDBANZ underscore. That's 10 Gold Vans. Um, spreading positivity and happiness and sports knowledge to all. Um, make sure, like you said, like the good brother, Mr. Caper, said, to follow us on all platforms. That's the YouTube channel. Um, that is <clears throat> the the, um, the subscribe to the YouTube, follow the Instagram. We just in, we just gave away two tickets to Dreamville. It was the most magical Dreamville ever. Drake, J. Cole, Uzi 21, Lil Wayne, Glorilla, and all the crew. It's it's been talked about everywhere. Make sure that you're following us because we do do giveaways. And we'd love to look out again, but you have to look at our channel. So follow, tune in and tap in. Yes, yes, yes. Like Alex said, man, Dreamville was an amazing experience. If you were there, you know it. If you watched it online, you know it. But when I tell you, it was nothing like being there live and in person. So please, please, please. We'll look out for y'all. Y'all look out for us. That's how we do it. So, but like I mentioned, start the, uh, start this recording, man. Myself, Alex. We are here to discuss the NBA season with you guys. And this particularly is going to be an episode that Alex wants to take the lead of because, you know, he's our Laker beat writer. He's our NBA NBA lead. So, you know, we're we're going to pass the mic over to my boy Alex and we're going to talk some NBA. Let's get it. Let's get it. Let's get it, man. Look, I'm happy to present this to you guys. We just witnessed the greatest NBA season that we've ever seen. I know my generation, um, I'm almost 25. I know probably that my parents have ever seen, and they're getting up there in age. So um, this 2023 season, let me tell you all a quick fact real quick. No team scored less than 80 points in any game this entire season. That hasn't happened since 69 and 70 season. That's that's almost 50 years ago. Closer, closer to it. Yeah, so oh, fifty, ain't 50, it? Yeah, 50, it should be 50, on fifty-four years ago. It's getting up there. Um, like Jerry West time. There's a whole this whole bit different types of leagues that've been played, different defenses um, that have been ran. But we've seen the most competitive from. Also, no, um, no sixty-win teams. The Bucks won fifty-eight. The Celtics won fifty-seven, and the Nuggets won fifty-three. For the Western Conference, everything was a dog fight. Um, in the West, 
number five seed through the seventh seed, my Lakers were only a half game behind the five seed. The the um the 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 Memphis Grizzlies were they were looking like they were you know really about to contend. Um, had I think they had the first seed for probably really early on in the season. Then Jokic kind of ran away. Yeah. Exactly, Jokic ran away with it. Um, kind of solidified solidified himself as the MVP probably up until two to three months ago. Um, January February type. The Nuggets got a little downswing. Um, the Bucks they went on a, a run, which is about nineteen to two, I believe, from yeah. the February and month of February. Yeah. And then the Sixers, they were always right there. Um, Embiid, it, it kind of came down to the point where I feel like a lot of us we had to do the age old. Well, what if you take this player off of this team? What do they look like? Because the race was so tight. And even now, I still don't really know who's going to win, but we'll get into that um, a little bit later. Um, <clears throat> that's the that's the West. Like I said, the East the East was a little bit more spread out. Um, fifty seven wins for the Celtics, fifty eight for the Bucks. I think it's fifty six or fifty five for the Seventy Sixers. Um, we got a really good leeway into what this decade is going to look like. I don't think this is going to be the only time we see a season like this, ladies and gentlemen. I think it's going to be times, maybe even next year and the year after, where we're going to get these competitive seasons because not only is the talent spread out across the league, but players are just better than what they used to be. Um, give you, give you, uh, give you guys an example with the Kings. Complete surprise to everybody. I think they're forty-eight and thirty-four for the season. Um, third seed, new coach. But what did they do? They took away the point guard they had in Tyrese Halliburton. They bring in a big that can make plays inside and out of the paint where he likes to operate at the elbow region, something that they hadn't had since Boogie Cousins as a big man play. And, you know, even with Boogie, they didn't they didn't go anywhere. But it's just I've, I've never seen a, a season, and maybe Darius, can, you, can, you can correct me if I'm wrong, I just haven't seen a season where – Every team except the ones that are tanking for women, Yama, and there's only like five of those. Mm-hmm. Every team, even Oklahoma City Thunder, they were going for the playoffs. They're in the play-in. The Timberwolves are in the play-in. Um, of course, the Lakers are in the play-in. Um, the Trailblazers just got knocked out. The Mavericks just got knocked out like two weeks ago. Like actually, yeah. it might have been less than I that. Think, I think like, it might have been yeah. last week, bro. Because they it was got the knocked game. out. Like, Luca played 13 minutes. And they, mm-hmm. that was the game that knocked him out, which is like, what in the world? Exactly. I I think that was against the Trailblazers. I'm not sure. But that's what I have to say. You know, like, this has been a great season. Where where we go? We went from the beginning of the season. Clearly, the Lakers were not winning anything with the roster we had. We have the best record in the, in the league since the trade deadline. Correct me if I'm wrong. I think we're 15-6 and six since the trade deadline. Um, we've had the number one ranked I think defense. You might be, I think you might be shortchanging y'all, bro, because I've seen something that said, and I apologize to cut you off, bro. Yeah, you're good. You're, you're good. Tell me. Your, your beginning monologue was perfect, bro. Like, that was just an amazing outlook on the season. For you guys, if I'm not mistaken, they said that someone interviewed Dennis Schroeder and he said, y'all needed to win about 19 games to get back mm-hmm. into the playoff hunt. And I think y'all won 18 since the, the trade deadline. So okay, I, I I'm 
if I'm if I'm remembering correctly, I want to say it might have been y'all might have won like 18 games, bro. And y'all that sounds lost. correct. Is it? Yeah, 15 and six. We had 23 games left after the trade deadline. So then, it, yeah, y'all yeah. might have been 18 and six. If you're being honest, and that's like, even okay, and that's like, even better. Be I'm to y'all boys. Y'all really Look. y'all turned it up after the trade deadline, bro. Rob Polinka really, really robbed a bunch of teams <laughs> during the trade deadline. I mean, getting rid of Russ for anything, getting D'Lo, Jared Vanderbilt, I mean, Hachimura. For Kendrick Nunn. Bro. That's what the trade was for Hachimura. And, and I'm going to be like, I'm, a second. And Hachimura, he comes, off and, he comes off the bench and gives us 20 and 12, like two games ago. Yeah. Like, a guy that can defend 6-8, like – uh, man, like you said, bro, I got to give all the props to Rob Palenka. I'm not going to ever say that Rob Palenka doesn't know what he's doing in the front office because he essentially traded away Russell Westbrook for our lead defender and Jared Vanderbilt, a guy that you acknowledge, that we both acknowledge at the trade deadline that would be a great addition to both of our franchises. Right. Um, we got D'Lo, who we were originally going after Kyrie Irving. Now we found D'Lo, who seems to be a, a diamond in the rough, even though he's been in the league a while. He's still fairly young. I think he's 26. But he can get you 20 and 10 on even given night. Very efficiently, I might add. Um, actually, Mr. DeRoz was actually talking about where he just dropped 33. I think it was I think it was 33 and 9. Now, we mm-hmm. lost that game. But I'm telling Laker Nation, like, look, D'Lo can be our – he can be LeBron's greatest third option since Miami Heat Chris Bosh days. Like, that's saying something. They went to the finals every year. Now, granted, LeBron was 270 back then. He's not that no more. But, <laughs> but hey, man, what do you think? Like, what do you think about how the – just on your initial take, like, how has the season been for you? Like, what is something that you've really taken away? I know as a Celtics fan, you got to be ecstatic, but want to hear what you got to say. So, before I answer your question, I do want to tip my hat to D'Angelo Russell. D'Angelo Russell has been in the league – this is his 10th season in the league, and he's only 27. So like you said, 26, he just turned 27. So he's been in the league for 10 seasons. So he's essentially a vet and a young player at the same time. That's just the benefit of these, like, one and dones nowadays, man. They get drafted at 18, 19. The guys like Bradley Beal, guys like D'Angelo Russell, guy like Anthony Edwards is going to be that. A guy like Trey Young is going to be that Luca. Like these young guys that come in at 17, not 17, excuse me, but when they allow high school players to come in, they'll be able to do that. But these 18, 19 year olds that come in, you can get 14, 15, 16 seasons out of these guys and they're still in their primes. So salute to D'Angelo Russell and what he's doing for y'all. But when I answer your question, my initial thoughts of this season, I can take it a few ways. Being a Celtic fan, man, the season began with a lot of promise, a lot of, you know, that that's a good word for it. I'll say a lot of promise. You know, we started out as the one seed, seemed like we were running away with the East, man, just just pummeling teams in the East, beating everybody, Eastern Conference, Western Conference. It looked like it was essentially our championship to lose. I mean, Jason Tatum had taken that next step from – and we all can attest there's a there's a gap between an all NBA player and an MVP caliber player. Like the MVP guys are the Stephs, the LeBrons, the Kevin Durants. And then the all NBA guys will be like the Lucas, the like and, and granted, you might say, well, what's the difference? Well, 
there's a reason Luca doesn't have MVP, doesn't have a championship yet. But these three guys I just named are championship level, MVP level, all NBA. Like, so it's a gap. So it was a point at the beginning of the season where it looked like Jason Tatum had taken that step. I'm a top five, top 10 player in the league now. On both ends of the ball, he was he was guarding the best or the second best wing while giving us 30 points a game efficiently. And so the first 30, 40 games of the season, man, it's looking good, man. I was like, yeah, we're, we're, we're like that. You know, we're going to be that team to beat. It's our East to lose. And then we we hit a little lull in the season. Our defense play has kind of been down since losing Ime Udoka. I know our first-year head coach, he did well for it being his first year. So, but we did take steps back defensively. Offensively, we stayed pretty consistent. I do want to tip my hat to one player on my team specifically. This is a guy that Alex has been telling me that I should have been believing in since 2016, 2017. That's Jalen Brown. Jalen Brown is going to be an All-NBA player this season. He definitely deserves it. With us being the two-seed, him averaging a career high in points, I mean, he just – he deserves it. He's He's been efficient this season. It's been a lot of times where Jalen Brown has been our best player. I mean, his season averages of 26.6, seven boards, three-and-a-half assists, 49 from the field, 33 from three, 77 from the line. Like these are these are his career averages of scoring. I mean, he's he's looked like at points our best player throughout the year. I mean, it's been games where Tatum will play bad, but he'll put up 35 and we'll win the game. So I've loved the maturation he's had this season. He's really, really starting to show that this can be he can be a number one, number two option on a championship team. And I'm just praying that we bring him back. But yeah, like if I'm looking at my Celtics, man, it's just been kind of up and down for us. I remember it was a time when we were losing games by one possession to the Mav that we were losing to the Magic, we're losing to the Pacers, but we're getting up and we're beating the the Sixers, we're beating the Bucks by 40. It's just it's been too up and down for me, man. But I'm just hoping and praying that we get to the playoffs. We're healthy, able to do what we got to do get to that conference finals that we should be in and have that matchup with Giannis and let the chips fall where they fall. Now that's for my team. As far as the season in a whole, I agree with you, bro. This is probably the best NBA season that I can remember in my time of living. I mean, no 61 team. It hasn't seemed like there's been a regular season team. that's just far and ahead of everybody. Like the 2013 through 2015 time, 2012 to 2015 with Miami heat. Like, I mean, even though they, kind of rested a little bit during the regular season, they still were a 58, 59, 61 team, even with the Atlanta Hawks. No one really can, was concerning themselves with them. We always knew the Heat were the best team in the East. We always knew that the Spurs or the Kobe time, we always knew the Lakers or the Spurs. Like, I like the uncertainty going into the playoffs. It's like, oh, you can make a case for the Bucks coming out the East, but you can also make a case for the Celtics. But then again, Joel Embiid, who's probably going to win MVP, we'll get to that later because that's my pick. The leading, almost leading, league of league in scoring, if I'm not mistaken. He's going to win the scoring title and the MVP this season. The first time a big's done that since Shaquille O'Neal. But then it's like, but wait a minute. 
There's a sleeper team in the Cleveland Cavaliers who's a 50-win team who has one of the best starting fives in the NBA when they're healthy. But then it's like, hmm, let's look at the six through the eight, the, the five through the eight. The Miami Heat, you can never count out playoff Jimmy. You know, the Chicago Bulls over the last month and a half, month of the season, have been unbeatable. So it's like, that's the East in a nutshell for me. I mean, I don't think it's as cut and dry as Buck Celtics because of, you know, whoever has to play the Cavs in the second round, that's going to be a tough out. And I mean, we're not even talking about the Knicks. Jalen Brunson's looked like the most improved player in the NBA this year, besides, of course, Shea Gildas Alexander doing what he's doing. Jalen Brunson is, is a borderline all-NBA player. And when we're looking at the West, who knows who's going to come out of the Western <laughs> Conference? I mean, I mean, Jokic, it was, like you said, the MVP frontrunner for a long period of the season. But over the last four or five games of the year, he's been injured. He hasn't been playing. He has a calf strain. The Nuggets are hit or miss. I mean, you guys are sitting there as a seven seed looking like the best team in the West, really, over the last month and a half, two months. The Grizzlies, who knows what's going to happen to them with Steven Adams being out. It's just – it's a coin flip, really. And then the first round matchup, the Clippers and the Suns could the winner of that series could be the NBA champion, and no one's talking about it. It's just I love this. I'm so happy. Cannot wait to watch every playoff series this playoffs. I cannot wait. Uh, look, bro, I completely agree. And I'm glad you mentioned the Phoenix Suns. Did you know that they're eight and zero with KD in the lineup? The few yeah. games he's played. They're eight and zero, and they look like an unstoppable offense. Chris lost. Paul is still the floor general. Devin Booker has. It amazes me that Devin Booker can shoot the ball twenty five times for thirty points, and Kevin Durant can shoot the ball seventeen times and still get thirty. That is a problem. Yeah, <laughs> that is a problem. Um, and then they still got a, a twenty and ten guy, DeAndre Ayton. Now. I know we all saw DeAndre Ayton get bullied versus Giannis, but people have to remember DeAndre Ayton is a finesse center, and he's one of the better finesse centers in the league. He's not Embiid and Jokic, of course. He's not Cat, but he's a tier below Cat, and that's still a pretty serviceable player. It's a hell of a player to be your fourth option, and that's just the Suns. Like you said, with the Clippers, everybody thought they were going to going downhill, especially Skip Bayless talking about you know the Clippers – Made a mistake getting Russ. I really can't tell. Russ and Kawhi both dropped 25 efficiently last game they had. I can't um, – I think – I forgot who they played, but they needed it to secure the five seed, which I would include would be a clutch situation. You can trust them in clutch moments. I'm going to be real with you. The only reason I'm not picking the Clippers against the Suns is because Paul George is injured. Uh, outside of that, that series it would go seven, ladies and gentlemen. Let me tell you, that series would go seven. And if you enjoy basketball, you would want to watch this matchup because they match up from the point guard. Uh, you get a Hall of Fame point guard matchup with Russ and Chris Paul. You get Paul George and Devin Booker, two of NBA-type talents. And then you get the superstar matchup with Kawhi and Paul George. It's 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 amazing. It's amazing. This is going to be an amazing first round. Um, going to the the Warriors and the Kings, Kings is the first playoff berth since 06. So much stuff was different in 06, ladies and gentlemen. First off, I was in grade school. <laughs> I was in elementary school at that point. So Chris Webber, T-Mac, um, 
Peja Stojakovic, Yao Ming. If you don't know who these players are, these are players that were at the top of their games at this point in time and or on the Kings team that made the playoffs. Um, Chris Webber, he's on TNT now. These are the last times that we've we seen. Mike Bibby, Jason Williams, White Chocolate was in the league. These these were names Jason, that were prevalent in 2001. That's crazy and, time and, in and, basketball. And that was the last time the Kings were relevant, honestly. Um, they got this seven-foot Sabonis. That's going to be the key in the Warriors series, in my opinion. I think the Warriors giving up Wiseman was their last hope of trying to defend a seven-footer. But now you have a seven-footer that has a legit case to be an all-NBA talent. He won't get it um, because of the three guys ahead of him are all in the MVP race. Um, and that's just those three. You still have Cat. You still got other bigs that can really make a name for themselves. Bam Adebayo. Um, you, so I don't know if he'll get it, but he really deserves a spot. Um, and my Lakers. We've had one of the luckiest seasons I've ever seen us have. We are a seven seed with a real chance to make it to the Western Conference Finals. Um, we have a beautiful team from top to bottom. We got the finish. We got shooters out the butthole. We got Austin Reeves, AR-15. It's a bucket, pesky defender, hard-nosed guy, energy guy that can shoot. We have a little inside joke about energy guys, but I'm telling you the best one I've seen ever. <laughs> um, Jesus. But, you know, the, the Nuggets are probably the first one seed outside of the Atlanta Hawks in 2015 where I can clearly say that I don't think they're the best team in their own conference. They're the best win-wise, but when you look at how the team is constructed, you got a big fish in Jokic, and then you got little minnows like Aaron Gordon and Bruce Brown, good guys, don't get me wrong, good role players. Jamal Murray, who's not the same Jamal Murray he was in the bubble, um, Michael Porter has a has a lingering back injury, um, but when he's on the floor, he's effective when he's on the floor. The point of what I'm saying, ladies and gentlemen, is the Denver Nuggets are not the team to beat in the West. The Memphis Grizzlies are not the team to beat in the West. The Kings look great. Like I just said, they have a top-ranked offense, but they have a bottom-ranked defense. So they're not the team to beat, in the, especially in a half-court setting where a lot of that offense they had was fast breaks. De'Aaron Fox, the fastest guy in the league, you could argue, getting up and down the court, distributing, dunking, hitting threes. They have three-point shooters everywhere. Keegan Murray just hit 200 threes as a rookie, which has never been done. And Steph Curry's still playing. Trey Young is still playing. Like Malik Monk, who we let go, um, has come in with a significant bench role of just, I'm going to get buckets, and you have to stop me. That's their game plan, and Mike Brown, who is the we, – we will get into the um, award racing later in this podcast, but I think it should be a unanimous decision that Mike Brown is the coach of the year. I don't even think anybody else should get it in consideration, to be mm-hmm. honest with you. Um, but we can go ahead and talk about this season all day. Um, it's been, like, like we both said, it's been the most competitive. It's been the greatest season I've ever seen, um, and I just – as a basketball fan, I just want to tell all the players, and I know that Mr. Capers, my brother Darius, will uh, agree with the sentiment that I'm about to say that we want to just th- take a time to thank LeBron. We want to thank KD. We want to thank Kawhi, Paul George, Steph, Luca, um, 
Devin, Kyrie, for everything, all the hard work, all the practice they put into the offseason, because as a fan, all I can, <clears throat> as a true fan of basketball, all I want to do is watch a good game. And when I can get on the game and I can get on the game with the guys after the game and we can talk about it, we can have healthy discussions, um, and we're all dumbfounded because we don't know who's going to win the championship. I think this is the first season where I don't know who's going to see in the finals. I really don't. Exactly. Um, so, um, just like I said, to all the stars, all the role players, even the from one to the fifteen guy on the bench, we just want to say thank you for all your hard work um, and for giving us a great season. Um, the only people that's going to be hating are the talking heads that's trying to make some money, and the people with little pot pie crumbs on their shirt in their mm -hmm. mama's basement. But we're not haters over here. We just want to say thank you. Um, Definitely. Moving on a little bit, um, if, if that would suffice, um, I just want to just want to get out some award races. I think we all have um, a solid top three of the MVP, um, but I do want to see what you think about the order of Jokic and B and Giannis, who's going to place first, second, and third in that MVP race. Okay, so uh, this is a pretty easy one for me. Um. I actually did a, a YouTube short about this. Uh, follow the or subscribe to the Dynasty's podcast YouTube channel. Uh, we definitely talked about all the award races, and I chose my winners. I didn't give top three, but this is an interesting debate. Um, I would say that it's Joel at one, Giannis at two, and Yoke at three. And although Jokic has had a tremendous season like I don't think we'll ever see a center have the season that Jokic has had this season ever again because I mean his averages of 24 11.8 9.8 he just barely missed out on averaging a solid triple double for the season Giannis has also done something that we haven't seen since Will Chamberlain Giannis averaged 30 10 5 while shooting 55 percent from the field is it hasn't been a player to do that since Will Chamberlain. And again, like Alex said, Will Chamberlain was playing back in the 60s. 60s. Yeah. So, I mean, it's like we've essentially seen Giannis have a season that in any other league or in any other year, excuse me, not league, in any other year would have made him a unanimous MVP. I mean, but with Joel Embiid leading the league in scoring – playing how he's played this season it's just it's hard for me to not give him this MVP because I personally feel like he should already have an MVP on his on his mantle I feel like he should have won it last year when he led the league in scoring again he was the first big to do it since Shaquille O'Neal last year so technically he's the first big since himself to lead the league in scoring. <laughs> but I mean his averages this season, he's just leveled up from what he did last year. 33 points, 10 boards a game, 1.7 blocks, a steal, four assists a game. I mean, he, he dang near was he's, – he's down a little bit shooting threes, but when you consider that he's shooting 12 free throws a game at 86% from the field, 17 of his side attempts are in the paint. He's only shooting about three threes a game at 33% which is fine. I mean, he's a seven, two big. I don't need my seven, two big shooting 40% from three, even though he's got to about 38. He's just, he deserves it. I mean, he's played the knock against him has always been, Oh, he's not playing enough games. 
Last season, he played 68. This season, he played 66. So, again, like I said, I feel like he should already have MVP, but it's hard to not give it to him when the only person that was definitively above him at that time was Jokic. But with Giannis, I just feel like we take him for granted. I really feel like that's what that is. I feel like we take Giannis for granted because he played 63 games this season. So, I mean... It just the narrative behind the MVP changes all the time. Is it the best player on the best team? Is it the mm-hmm. the single best season? Is it the most impact to his team? Because those three guys are essentially those three things. Like Giannis is the best player on the best team in the league this year. You can say the most impactful player on his team would be Jokic because he's averaging, he's leading his team in points, rebounds, and assists. But then you can say the most important player to his team is Joel. Because, I mean, if Joel doesn't play, the Sixers aren't doing anything. So it just, it really depends what your definition of the MVP is. But my definition, I'd have to go Joel and then Giannis at two. And then because Jokic has missed the last few games and those guys have still been playing well, I'd put Jokic at three. And if I'm throwing the top four, you know, top five in there, we got to throw my man Tatum up there somewhere, you know, but he'd probably be five. And then uh, if I had to do four, uh, it's tough, man. I want to throw Kevin Durant up there, so I might put I might put Tatum at four and Kevin Durant at five. That's a good take. That's a good take, bro. I like that. But I yeah, like that. My MVP, I would have to go with – I would have to go with Joel. Okay. Um, now we the order is this well, we have the same number one, um, and then two through five are all different. Um, just kind of randomize a little bit. Um, I have MB for the same reason, like you said, 66 games played where he's been known as an injury prone guy. Um, came in the league, couldn't even play the first season with a foot injury. Now he's playing 66 games on top of playing 68 last year. Let's just give him his props for the work he put in. For 33 points, 10 boards, 4 assists as a big – I know Jokic is in the league before assists as a big. is still kind of unheard of. Um, <clears throat> a steal and a, almost two blocks. Um, he's done basically everything at a at a relatively efficient level. Now, he's not has been as efficient as Jokic, but he also has been a landslide of a more defender than Jokic has, which is also – which I feel like should also be – calculated into the MVP. So he narrowly gets it to above Giannis for me. Um, Giannis is – Giannis can play in any era, okay? 30, 31 points, 12 boards, and almost six assists on 55% shooting. But what really amazed me is how bad he is at shooting everywhere else. 27% from three and 64 from the free throw line – and you still put up 30 is crazy to me. That's insane. I've never – I don't think I've ever seen somebody shoot that bad from outside and still be that effective. Um, Except Shaq, maybe. That's probably the only person I can think of. That, But Shaq, Shaq was a meathead for the Lakers when, I, when he was doing this. Okay. So it's like – I mean, bro, I, I, I really want to give it to Giannis because you have to be a special type of talent to – be that bad at something and still be, still get your team your team fifty eight 
like 58 wins. Like that's insane to me. But Embiid has been. This this kind of feels like a a here Negro damn. Here's your MVP year because I I my heart really wants to tell me that Giannis deserves it because he was like he was the closest to the 60 wins. Um, he didn't play the most. He played the least out of these two guys, which is probably why he's not getting it. But if I take Giannis off the Bucks, the Bucks are a lottery team. Drew Holiday for this season, he played 67 games. He averaged 19, 5, and 7. Um, he did shoot 58 and then 30 from the uh 38 from the um three-point line and 85 86 from the um from the free throw. But when I go back and I look at um Joel Embiid's help. Um, jo- James Harden is still twenty-one and ten. Like that's nothing yeah. to sneeze at. Uh, six boards, forty-four percent from the line. I mean, from the field, 30, 39 If you round up from three, and then eighty-seven from the free throw. So he's had abundant help. Um, James Harden he didn't play quite as many games, but he played fifty-eight. Um, still, uh. Still a reliable second option if we're being real. Those two guys have something that Jokic doesn't. So, you know, Jokic, his next best player is Aaron Gordon. I mean, Aaron Gordon used to be on the Orlando Magic, and nobody talked about him until 2016 for the dunk contest, and they stopped talking about him after that. So this has probably been the most toss-up, but my basketball heart is telling me that Embiid is going to get it, but my basketball mind says Giannis deserves more credit. Um. I also have Jason Tatum as my number four. Um, he plays 74 games. He's averaging 30. If you round up nine boards and four, almost four and a half assists, I want to tell guys, uh, tell you guys something. Um, he's the first player ever in Celtics history to average 30 points a game. Through all the legends, he's the first one ever. That's Paul Pierce, even though he's not really a legend. Um, Larry Bird. Not a legend with us. We don't, Lakers don't like him. <laughs> Larry, uh, Larry, Larry Bird, Kevin Garnett, Ray Allen, Bob, uh, Bill Russell. Even though he was a defender, a, de- a defensive guy, uh, Parrish, Kevin McHale, who was the best power forward ever until Tim Duncan was born. Um, that's a, that's amazing. Thirty points, and it's almost on fifty percent shooting. Shooting. 47% from the uh, from the field, 35 from three, and 85 from the line. So you can't foul him. He's clutch. You can't foul him. He defends. He will put up 30 on your dome piece. I think his career high is 60. Like, <laughs> I think he has 60 this year. I think it was either 57 or 60. It was one of the two. Um, just complete amazing. Now, number five, that's where we differ off. I did not give it to uh, Kevin Durant, but I did give the um the number five to MVP to Donovan Mitchell. Um, mm-hmm. Like you mentioned, the Cavs, this is the Cavs' most successful season post the LeBron James era. Um, 51 and 31 is the third most wins they've had in franchise history. And they didn't have those, they didn't have 57 wins until they had like Mark Price and Mar- and, and Daughtry and, and Larry Nance and all them guys. People I didn't watch because I wasn't born yet. My parents weren't thinking about having a kid yet. Um, <laughs> so that's amazing. 51 and 31. Nobody saw the Cavs. I, I didn't see the Cavs doing all this because I don't believe in a backcourt where your tallest player is 6'3". I saw that with Dame and CJ, but CJ and Dame didn't have uh, Evan Mobley and Jerry Allen to back them up. So that's yeah. where the fifth difference to me. Um, they had, I think who, the Cavs, who was it? Who was it? Uh, 
Nurkic. Nurkic. Is that oh, oh my gosh. <laughs> like, oh, uh, mm-hmm. in a meaning for a little bit. Oh, uh, man. It's even worse than That's Zach. Worse than Zach. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's been, he's shooting 48% from the field, almost 39 from three, and 87 if you round up from free throw. So uh, it's mm-hmm. really almost one of them 50, 40, 90 seasons. He's a tad off. No more than three percent on those um on those percentages from the fifty forty ninety um mark. How but much is he averaging per game? Twenty eight points per game, four rebounds, four assists. Jeez. Yeah, it's, it's it's crazy because, I mean, maybe I'm wrong, but wasn't these numbers similar in Utah? They were similar, but they weren't as efficient. Okay, so because he had to yeah. do everything in Utah. Now in Utah, let me go back and check. But in uh, Utah, I don't ever remember him getting past the twenty-four mark points per game mark. Um, oh, he did. He did twice. He got twenty-four. Then he had twenty-six and twenty-six. But mm. it's just it just looks different because it does. It really, really does. It, it, when he was in Utah, those two seasons I'm talking about, it was forty-four then forty-five percent. But when you're shooting 47, 48, 49, 50, you're either shooting people over people at a very high clip or they just can't guard you. And it could be two, it could be both of them for him, because Donovan Mitchell will dunk on you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> if you don't move out of the way, he will dunk on you. He's 6'3, about 220, 215. He's a big guard, um, long wingspan, can jump out of the gym, like we said, has a reliable three-point shot. The Cavs with him and Darius Garland, they're gonna be a tough second round out. I would not be surprised. Seeing them in the in the Eastern Conference Finals, I really wouldn't because, like you said, their one through five is impeccable, and their bench is not that far off. They go deep. They got wings. They got Okoro can play. Dean Wade can play. These are shooters that can defend. Um, and they still got some offense in Levert. They got Levert. some wings on the team. They still got Ru- I think they still got Rubio, who's a solid Rubio, yeah. point guard off the bench that will defend. Mm-hmm. He can get steals. He can orchestrate. People don't remember when Rookie Rubio was in uh, Minnesota a long time ago. He was a serviceable, very great starting point guard for you that can get you 10 assists. And he, I mean, they're not asking him much, but if you, if Rookie Rubio is getting you five, six assists off the bench, I feel like that's a very great contribution um, to the Cavs. So they'll be a very, very tough second round out. I don't see them beating the Bucks or the Celtics, but they really have a chance that they run into the Sixers to beat them. Because they're going to put Embiid on the island, and then they're going to make everybody else try to beat you. That's going to be tough. To be honest um, with you, bro. Like, and this might be crazy. Tell me if it's crazy, but with if they were to play Giannis in the Bucks, I think they match up the best, bro. Because yeah, the wall, the yeah. wall that they can build with Mobley and Jared Allen, that's going to be tough. And if Brooke Lopez isn't knocking down threes, if Drew Holiday, I mean, Drew Holiday can't guard both D. Mitch and Garland. I mean, he's going to have to pick his poison. And Garland can go off for 30, can go off for 40, just as easy as Donovan Mitchell can. Like, they can get you 60-plus from that backcourt. They can. I mean, that's scary because that'd be efficient 60. That's why I'm like, bro, I'm not 100% certain on if, It'll just be a, oh, they run into, like, I 
feel like they can really because they've played Boston tough all year. Like every time they've played us, it has been a tough game. And so with with them matching up with maybe the Milwaukee in that second round, bro, I would not be surprised if that's a six or seven game series. And I, if it goes seven, bro, that's a coin flip game, bro. That's a coin flip game. Donovan Mitchell has shown that in the playoffs he had he's one of those Jimmy Butler guys like okay y'all might not think of me as a top 15 player in the league consistently but when it gets to that playoff time I can turn my my play up another notch I mean like I'm I'm just I'm just scrolling back cuz I just want to see how they've played Milwaukee December 21st they beat Milwaukee 114-106 they played Milwaukee November 25th they lost 117 to 102 and then they lost November 16th, 113 to 98. And then let's see if they play them. So they, they're two and one, or they're one and two, excuse me, against against the Bucks. Against the Celtics, they're one and oh, two and oh. Like they've they've played these top seeds pretty tough. So it's like two and one. So they're two and one against us. And then Philly. They lost to Philly once. They lost to Philly twice. I think they're one and two against Philly. So it's like, yeah, they're one and two against Philly. I mean, it's, it's bro. I would not want to see them. Not as a not as a Celtic fan. I would hate to see them, bro. Bro, I don't uh, look, man. I they they just have a squad, bro. Like they they really got a squad now. They have had some injuries. Donovan Mitchell had a hand injury. Uh, Harrison Burt had a a knee, and then Garland had a leg. But they're all day to day, so they can. All, they're probably all going to be clear. They they have that week off. They're going to probably play that first game of the playoffs. Oh, for and, sure, bro. I, I what are they? The three C, four C. Yeah, they're, they're the four. They're the four. They're the four C. They got the Knicks in the first round. I. I I want to see that matchup though. Uh the backcourt yeah. versus Brunson. And if Julius Randle can get back healthy, that'll be a good a good series. But I, I don't see that going past six games, five games, personally. Yeah. I, I don't I, I I wouldn't be surprised if it was a coin sweep. I really I really wouldn't. It's just from top to bottom, just the talent is just outclassed because I mean Darius Garland or Brunson is kind of a toss-up because Darius Garland is low-key a 20 and 10 guy mm-hmm. that can shoot very efficiently. So it's not like they don't do this. They, they're the same size player. It's just if do you like Jalen's face or do you like uh, Darius's face? Light skin or dark skin? Which one is it? Uh, locks or fade cut? Like, which, which it, just, it just depends. And then mm-hmm. – Donovan Mitchell is the best player on either team, so he's gonna we're gonna put him out. Um, Evan Mobley and, and Jared Allen are a landslide better player together. If you were able to put them together, they're better at Julius than, than Julius Randle at everything. And low key, Evan Mobley might strap that up. I ain't even oh, lie that he might he might really get him up out of here with it with that defense because he's, he's Julius Randle was six seven six eight. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's two fifty, but Kevin Mobley's like seven feet tall. Jared Allen is seven feet tall, jumping out the gym, blocking shots. Even Jared Allen has a mid range that you can't help off of. So it's like, what do you do? What do you do? And Thibodeau, 
please do not play them guys all like give them a break because they're not going to be able to run up and down the court with these guys. Um, with the Cavs, it's just not going to be able to happen. Um, um, but bro, we we have we have something on our hands here. I want to ask you this though. Mm-hmm. Um, looking at the defensive player of the year, I know you made it short about that. I want to see if your your mind has changed on anything. I personally believe it's Jaron Jackson who's going to be the defensive player of the year with three blocks and a steal. Um, Brook Lopez, I don't think he's going to get it because they contribute a lot. That that books is a team defense. They have Drew Holiday, um, Grayson Allen off the bench, uh, Chris Middleton when it comes back healthy, speed recovery to Chris Middleton. Giannis, who's already been a defensive player of the year, it's just kind of Brooks' job to block any shot that doesn't get stolen or blocked by Giannis. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it's Claxton. I personally believe that the Nets just haven't received enough exposure. He's been great even after they blew up the team. Um, he's still averaging two and a half blocks. Um, and then I want to give an honorable mention to the rookie Walker Kessler. Um, he's not the defender that these guys are, obviously, but um, to come in to average two blocks as a center who was involved in the trade. Um, I don't think he was drafted by Minnesota. Mm-hmm. I don't. I mean Utah. I think he was in the involved in that Rodrigo Gobert trade. Yeah, yeah. So to make you know to make a name for yourself, you know Utah lost arguably the best defensive big for the last decade, if you want to be real, and to replace and to give Utah fans a hope, saying, "Hey, I can come here and average two blocks too." I think that's incredibly um, stellar for the young guy, and I want to give him his props for that. Um, most improved, I got the winner as Laurie Markinen. Um, I have the comparison, bro. Um, mm-hmm. He went from 44% from the field to 49.9 from the field. That's basically 50%. He went from 36 to 39 from three. And then he basically stayed the same at uh, 87% from the free throw line. But here are his, his numbers. 14.8, that's basically 15, to 25.6. Mm-hmm. Eight, I mean, 5.7 boards to 8.6 boards. Um, the only thing that stayed basically the same was the assists, um, 1.3 to 1.9. But that point differential, that's about 10 points differential where he in Cleveland, they traded him from Chicago thinking that maybe he could be that wing guy. Maybe he could, you know, be that filler at the wing. Maybe he's, you know, get us a solid 15 points. But I feel like Laurie Markin just has that Kyle Kuzma syndrome where he maybe he just flourishes at a higher role. He's not going to get minutes above Evan Mobley. Right. He's not going to get it above Jaron Jackson. He's damn not sure getting it above those that backcourt. So he was left at that. I, I'm gonna get my 25 minutes maybe, um, but I'm not. I'm only probably gonna get like 10 touches, 10 shots, if that. Mm-hmm. If that, and that's gonna like he's been a, he's been a rock and roll. We had it with a lot of people for the majority of the season thought the Utah Jazz were going to the playoffs because of him. Um, so you know you gotta you gotta give the boys props, man. He's just he's been amazing. I have to give it the second spot to Shea Gilgis. I think this is pretty much obvious for a lot of people going from twenty five to thirty one points. Um, the st- everything else really just stayed the same, honestly, stats wise. The only thing that really changed from him is the points uh, per game. Um, he did go from forty five to fifty one percent from the field. But he's still low-key from, uh, I think it was like 30 to 34 from three. Still not the best. 
but he has made a whole 10% jump from free throw where it's like mm-hmm. 81 to 91. So that's amazing for him. But I really think it was just his race to lose. Um, but he, he did lose it to Lori Markkinen. Um, even though the, they have been knocked out of the play-in situation, I do know that the Thunder are the 10 seed at 42 and 40, where they will be competing to get <clears throat> to who's going to lose versus the Nuggets. But um, yeah, I just I just really got to give it to Lori Markkinen on this one, man. He he was an All Star for the first time. Uh, the Finnish big man is going overseas. If you guys didn't know, he's going overseas to serve in the military. So. Big ups to him, an amazing season he had, and I'm I'm just I'm just happy for the kid, man. So yeah, uh, I want to stay on that point you just made, man. Salute to Lori Marketing. Uh, I know both our our parents, if I'm not mistaken, your pops did military service as well. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, man, I thought so. So yeah, salute just salute anybody that does military service for their country, man. It's a it's a noble thing. That's definitely you thinking of the greater good, something more than just yourself. So. Salute to Lloyd Marketing for doing that and wanting to go back and be a part of the Finnish the what is it? Fin Finnish? Yeah, the Finnish military. Finnish military. Salute to you for doing that, Lori. Uh I would love to say that I give you the most improved just for that alone, man. I really would. But just with the leap Shay made from essentially being a losing team last year to being a player to get his team to the play in because I've been I've been extremely loud about Shay Shay Gilgis Alexander all through the season. And I've been consistent. I told everybody that'll listen, look, he has to get the Thunder to the play in at least to make all NBA to be most improved. Because like Alex said, Lori Marketing had people in Utah, people around the world thinking that the Jazz were gonna make the playoffs or the play in. So now that Shea does have his team, even though it's the 10 seed, that young team has a 10 seed, I have to tip my hat to him. I feel like he'll be an all-NBA player, or he deserves to, and I feel like he deserves this award. I mean, I know you said everything pretty much did stay the same, but that jump from 24 and a half to 31, it's just he essentially became an A-tier scorer this year. He went from being like a C-tier guy to an A-tier guy, B-plus A-tier guy. I mean, I'm looking at it. I saw he was drafted to Charlotte and then traded to the Clippers. I guarantee Charlotte wish they would have kept him to have with LaMelo Ball right now, or I guarantee the Clippers wish they'd had him right now, maybe over a Paul George. I mean, he's he's one of the best players under 25 in the league, and I would want to give him this award because I feel like he deserves it just based on that jump. But my one and two are the same, just flipped around. Two is Lori Marketing. I mean, it's 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 without question. I don't see how anyone else could get that award. And then number three for me, I have Ant-Man, Anthony Edwards. I know people don't typically like giving it to, like, young guys or, like, second- or third-year guys, but Anthony Edwards has had a really good season. In the midst of Carl Anthony Towns being injured for a lot of the season, He's really been the one consistent staple for them throughout the season. I mean, he's always been a pretty good scorer, but his averages went up from 21 to about 25. It's 24 and a half. His rebounds went up to from 4.8 to 5.8. He's showing the ability to actually play make now. Went up from 3.8 to 4.4 assists. His steals stayed pretty consistent. Box stayed pretty consistent, but it's 
his ability to really show that he can be the one number one option on a on a borderline playoff team is showing me that maybe he deserves a little a little consideration for that. And he's still young. He's 21 years old. So I mean, he's already got three years under his belt. I feel like he'll be scary in the next next few seasons. I could definitely see them in Minnesota doing some big things. Uh, as far as defense player of the year, yeah, pretty much consistent with you, man. Jaron Jackson deserves it. I, I don't see anyone else that could even really compete. Like while you were while you were mentioning your guys, I was just looking to see who leads the league in steals, and it's OG and Anubi. And so I'm like, okay, that's impressive, but I don't think he has a shot at it. I mean, 1.9 steals, lead the league, 0.7 blocks. I also took a look at Jimmy Butler. Jimmy Butler's not really doing everything defensively like he's done in the past. So like you said, I like Nick Claxton. But yeah, Jaron Jackson Jr. is probably the defensive player of the year this year. Like leading league in blocks with three a game is it's it's crazy. I just want to give an honorable mention to Tyrese Halliburton. Uh, he would be, he would be my third guy for most improved. Mm-hmm. Um, last year he averaged 15, <clears throat> excuse me he averaged fifteen points, um, eight assists, four boards, round up to two assists, um, two steals. Excuse me, two steals. Um, and then he comes in after being traded. Um, and I believe I I believe the sign the Pacers are in the play in. They I just missed go back it. the ten seed. They just missed it. Yeah, the ten seed. Okay. Chicago. All right. Well, he barely just missed the playoffs. Um, but he came in. He was leading the league in assists up until like February, bro. Like up until the trade deadline, and then Trey Young, James Harden, they kind of took the mantle from him. But he was averaging in the steal ended the season, averaging ten re, uh ten assists a game. Um, for his stats, um, he went from fifteen to twenty one. He round up um eight to ten. Um, still stayed the same, 1.6. Um, the shooting shot 49% from the field, 40 from three, and 87 from the line. So, like, just like um, you just mentioned with um, Tatum, I mean, excuse me, Jokic, barely missed the 50, 40, 90 mark, which is impeccable. Mm-hmm. Um, that's impeccable skill that you have to have. You're the primary ball handler on a future team that – Really shouldn't even have been the 11th seed, honestly. I think a lot of people expected them to have to train their centerpiece and demote a Sabonis to for them to just fall to the bottom of the wayside. Tyrese just came in and showed that, hey, I can lead your team. Just give me a a, a good wing and maybe a good big, and we got something here. So right. we've got to give Tyrese's um, incredible floor general, incredible shooter, incredible defender. Um, not the most athletic guy, but he uses his brain over his brawn and that will always win games. Um, so be on the lookout for the Pacers team. Um, if they get a wing, they get somebody like uh, Paul George type talent to go with Tyrese and go with um, uh, that uh, Miles Turner, who has been leading the blocks. I think he averaged almost four blocks a game last year, but he was injury uh, injury ridden. Um, look out for the Pacers moving forward, man. They look good, especially with Tyrese at the helm. <clears throat> Yeah, they have um, a nice young core, bro. They uh they have a couple young guys. I believe Isaiah Jackson's on that team. I believe they got uh, Benedict Matherin, who is a good young guy this season, who's probably in that in the race for uh for rookie year. year. Still got Buddy Healed. I mean, Aaron Nesmith from us, he played pretty okay for them at times this season. Jalen Smith, they have who's another young guy. They have some really 
really nice young pieces on that team, bro. So, yeah, I, I agree completely. They're going to be a team to look out for. And I won't be surprised if at some point in his career, Tyrese Halliburton has a 50-40-90 season. He's, he's an official. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised either, bro. Um, six man. Um, I think this is kind of just Emmanuel Quickly's award, bro. I think you know, fifteen points off the bench, four boards, three assists. These are low key starting guard numbers. Um, more mm-hmm. uh, really? kind of, kind of. I've seen a few guards now. Um, he might want to get them assist though, but I feel like if he just got more minutes, he'd probably get five assists. That's why I say it. Um, but he got the Knicks 47 and 34. I don't think anybody saw that coming. I know I didn't. Even with Brunson, I didn't see no 47 and 34. But when you have solid play off the bench and Emmanuel quickly, um, I, and then the other guards, they got Quentin Grimes. Um, then the starting line, they got his great, you know, Jalen Brunson, RJ Barrett. Randall put all those pieces together with an elite six man, and you get the five seed in the West in a very convincing fashion. The Knicks were beating up a lot of teams this year. I mean, quickly, not just offense. He's a he's a get up in a guy. He will get up in your muck and see what you talk about on the defensive end of the ball. So, uh, quick props to Emmanuel quickly. I just want to give um, Norman Powell. Uh, some props, and I also want to give Russell Westbrook some props. I know they he started for the to the Clippers, but no matter what, you know, people that don't know basketball says, I know basketball. I know what I saw with Russell Westbrook. He was not nearly as bad as people have been saying he was all year. Yeah, he made some questionable turnovers, but I've seen people do a lot worse things. I've seen Amon Semper hit the side of the backboard in the finals. I've seen that. I did not see Russell Westbrook hit the side of the backboard, but I did see him damn near average a triple-double off the bench. Again, 15-8-8 when he was playing with us is nothing to sneeze at. I don't care if you're Skip Bayless. I don't, get, I don't care if you get paid millions to play talk about basketball. 15-8-8 is not something that just grows on trees. So, props up to Russell Westbrook, man. Um, mm. But Emmanuel, quickly, this is his award, bro. I'll be honest with you. I'm surprised by that. I'm surprised that you said Emmanuel, quickly. Because I have somebody that's, that you didn't even mention, bro. I got Talk Bobby Portis, bro. I got Bobby Portis winning the six man of the year. I mean, Bobby Portis is putting up 14, nine and a half this season, nine and a half boards, shot about 50% from the field, 37% from three, 77 from the from the line. Only started 22 games. They're the one seed. And when I tell you, when Giannis, who has only played 63 games this year, Mm-hmm. Bobby's played 70. He's only started 22 of them. But Giannis has missed games this season like he's never missed in his career. Like, this is the second fewest games he's played in his career. So, and for them to still be the one seed in the East, it just shows that someone had to be hooping for them when him and when Chris Middleton, who played maybe a third of a season, maybe half the season – it was really Bobby Portis and Drew Holiday for them. And so I just – I had to give him a nod for this just off of that. I mean, and he's always kind of been a guy that comes off the bench. His highest career starting games was 59, and that was last year. So, I mean, I I just – I had to give him that nod, bro. I feel like 14 and 10, Daner off the bench with the one Crazy. seed. That's pretty yeah. good. Now – I like quickly though. Quickly's a really good young guard. He uh he's really helped them change their defensive identity because 
Jalen Brunson's not the best defender. He's 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 good, but he's not the best. But with quickly, even though he's 6'2", 6'3", 6'2", he can guard the ones and twos. So I like him a lot. Um, also, Russell Westbrook, I respect Russell Westbrook. I wish they would have left him as the sixth man so he could have won that award because he deserved it. But uh, mm-hmm. I also want to shout out Malcolm Brogdon. Malcolm Brogdon coming over to Boston. He's been a revelation for us coming off the bench. I mean, just 15, 4 and 4, 48 from the field, 44 from the three, 87 from the line. He hasn't started a game for us this season, and he's put up those numbers. And so I just, I want to give him a shout out as well. But yeah, I just, I went with Brock, with not Brogdon, I went with Bobby Portis just because them being a one seed, I feel like that'll give him that edge. Hey man, Bobby Portis. Hey, look, <clears throat> if he wins the award, it's it's, it's certainly uh, deserved. They're the number one seed, and he his play off the bench. You know, fourteen and ten. I said quickly. His numbers were low key starting guard. Bobby Portis's numbers is actually starting big numbers. Mm-hmm. Um, for any big size, um, power forward or center, whichever one you want to go for. If my center is getting me fourteen and ten. I'm, I I don't know how much happier I can be with it. Sorry about that, Bobby Portis. Um, actually, sorry, Emmanuel. Quickly, I might have to mid podcast turn my vote over because that was <laughs> such a, a beautiful uh, explanation that you gave. Um, yeah, sorry, man. Emmanuel. I might have to go with Bobby on this one, but uh, you are the he's the one A, and then quickly the one B. Yeah. Uh, I think this last award. I think we both agree on it. I don't even think it's a question. I think I would – I'd actually would be very surprised with the voters if they gave this vote to anybody else. And this is coach of the year. If Mike Brown doesn't get it unanimously, somebody is on that weed. They need to stay off the <laughs> weed if he doesn't get it unanimous, bro. Look, like we said earlier, first playoff burst since 2005, 2006- John Cena was still rocking jean shorts and nobody was saying anything. <laughs> Big <laughs> like, that, John. Like he was wearing the jean shirts with the with the band shoes and nobody said anything. Okay. He had me as a young pup saying, You can't see me to my dad. And then he would fold me in a play fight. Um <laughs> he could, he could uh, clearly see me. I was standing in front of him. Didn't clearly stand he could a see chance. me. He had me by by two hundred pounds. He could see, he could clearly see me. Um, and the Kings starting the West forty eight thirty four. Um, so much was different. Like Obama wasn't the president yet. The last time the Kings been to the uh, been to the playoffs, um, Kobe had just come off one of one of those magical seasons in 06. I'm not. I think that was the 06, 06 That might have been the 06, 07 year. But I do know that he averaged like thirty five points a game. Um, in the in that time span, the Spurs were just getting their dynasty off. They hadn't even beat LeBron James hadn't been to the finals yet. He had not been to the finals yet, ladies and gentlemen. He was a young pup in the league. He just made his first All Star. Um, D Wade won the championship with Shaquille O'Neal. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Yo, that was such a crazy different time in the world, like. That, oh, 2006, bro? What Two, in the world? 2005, 2006 is the last time anybody took the King serious. I'm going to run some names by y'all. 
I know we mentioned Jason Williams. I just I know I just mentioned some. I just want to dig into you guys' brain how long it's been. Okay, so here I go. The Undertaker was still in the WWE. Batista had a little Batista action figure. Batista, bro, he's been retired since like 2014, 2015, because he came back and fought Triple H at like some pay per view, and then he was like, "I'm done with this. I, I don't. My body doesn't have it anymore. I'm about 50 years old. My <laughs> hip hurt. My back hurt." But that means everything hurts. Ric Flair was probably still in wrestling too. Ric Flair, Shawn Michaels. Yep, all these guys. What? That made me love that WWE were still around. Um, Jesus, I don't even. I'm trying to think, man. I'm trying to. I'm really trying to think here. I don't think some of these te- the Pelicans were not a team. They were the Bobcats. They weren't. They were. They were still the Bobcats. It was or the Charlotte they, Bobcats. Or were they the, the New Orleans Hornets? Hornets, either the Hornets or the Bobcats. I can't remember because I know Charlotte went to I, I don't know how that yes. transition went, but yeah. Yeah, it was the Charlotte Bobcats. Mm-hmm. And then it was the um it was the New Orleans Hornets, gosh, like you said. The, the New Orleans Hornets. And then and, and it was Chris Paul's rookie season. And now Chris Paul's looked at as a washed old guy in the NBA. That is insane. Steph Curry was not in the league. Kevin Durant was not in the league. He was still in Texas, I think. Uh, I think he was. I think he got drafted in 07 year. Yeah. 07? 07, I think so. 07. James Harden, not in the league. Blake Griffin, not in the league. Tim Duncan was probably the best player in the league at that point. Um, Because Dirk Dirk won that MVP that next season, didn't he? Yep. Dirk hadn't won his MVP yet. Dirk lost in the finals versus Shaq and D-Wade. Alonzo Mourning was on the D-Way team. Billy Payton, not junior, senior, was on the team. <laughs> Gary Payton, old Gary. That's the glove, the shiny bald head was on. He was in the league at this point, ladies and gentlemen. Grant Hill was still in the league. Grant Hill is, is unless he comes on TV to, to call a game. I just want to just give Mike Brown his props. He should be the unanimous coach of the year. It shouldn't even be close. Um, I know they gave uh, you guys as coach. Uh, I can't even Bazula. Great coach. Love him. Thibodeau, great coach. Love him. Um, Darvin Ham really proved himself this year. They shouldn't even be in the mention. They shouldn't even be in the conversation. Mike Malone, they're the number one. He shouldn't be in the conversation if it's not, if it's not Mike Brown. They need a drug test to voters. That's all I have to say. You need to drug test every one of those people if they don't vote for Mike Brown answer that somebody's in there smoking crack. I agree, all right. Bro. I agree, bro. It's no one else. I mean, <clears throat> even with Bud with Milwaukee, he's won coach of the year before for having a one seed. Like it, it no, bro. It needs to be Mike Brown. That's who I chose as well. It just he brought the Kings back to relevancy. That was as simple as the description I gave. He brought them back to relevancy. You said since 2006? Bro, that's 17 years. You know that now makes my New York football Jets have the longest playoff drought in the major sports? They ended their playoff drought this year. Now it's my Jets' turn. Come on, Jets. We're not talking NFL, but I'm just saying. That's just the, the scope of that. Like, 
my Jets haven't made the playoffs in I believe 14 seasons. They had since 06, that's 17 seasons. Like that's bro, it's Mike Brown's award. They just need to go in and give him that. They should already gave it to him, if we're being honest. But yeah, he deserves that. I don't care how they their playoff playoff run ends, he deserves that for getting them to the playoffs. Completely agree. Like I said, the Dinosaurs podcast, we support uh, the drug test of the voters if he's not the unanimous uh, coach of the exactly. year. He might even deserve an MVP vote. I'm not even going <laughs> For real. <laughs> Give Mike Brown an MVP vote. I would not be angry. He, he might He might, He might. might deserve that. I ain't going to lie to you, bro. It's one award we didn't talk about off air. I want to hear what you're thinking about this, though. Uh, what do you think about comeback player of the year? Because I, I chose somebody for it. Like, I'll go and tell you who I chose. I chose Clay Thompson for comeback player of the year because he almost doubled the games he played last season. Last season, I believe he only played 33 games. This season, he's played about – oh, excuse me. Last season, he only played 32 games. This season, he's played 69. Last season, his averages were 20 points a game, about four rebounds, three assists. But he didn't look like Clay Thompson. He's 43% from the field, 38% from three. Believe it or not, 38.5% from three was his career low last year, coming off of that Achilles and that ACL injury. And now this season, he's back up to that that normal Clay Thompson numbers that we know and love, 22 points a game, four boards, about two and a half assists. He's 44 from the field, 41 from three, 88 from the line. So – I just went with him just like, you know, just to come back. I don't know if he would even be considered eligible considering that he played last season, but just considering he didn't play the whole year, I I had to go with Clay Thompson for that, man. He more than doubled his games played. His averages are back up. He's looking like the guy and they're competing for the playoffs and trying to win the championship again. So now I just off of, you know, off of players that I can think of, Clay Thompson is definitely um, one of those guys that I would think of. Like, you know, he's had since 2019, it seems like the NBA guys were really giving him the middle finger. Um, and he just took it on the chin. I think he missed like 900. Well, it wasn't 900 games. I don't think it was that long, but I think he missed. I think it was 900-something days. days. I remember, okay. Not I remember that commercial, bro. <clears throat> they dropped a commercial for him when he had mm-hmm. when he was going through his ACL stuff, and then yeah. he was, and he was on the table, and then he came back and he was on the table for his Achilles. I think it might have been like 900-something days of basketball yeah. missed. Like I, I think you're on to something. It wasn't that many games, but it was like that many days of him being injured. Uh, I'm gonna try to look up that that. Uh, that that commercial, bro, because I didn't even think about that. I think I want to say it was like nine hundred something days, bro. It was it was crazy, bro. He's like you said, he's definitely gotten the middle finger from from life, bro. And I mean, like, but look, he took it, he endured, and now he's a valuable valiant part of a Warriors team that could repeat going back to the finals. Could. Don't really see it because of their lack of bigs down low, but I'd have to give it to Clay Thompson, man. And and, and like I said, you know, props up to Clay Thompson, man. Like I, 
I don't know what he, I think he had a game not too long ago where he really looked like Clay Thompson. I don't know if he dropped like forty or like thirty five, but it was like highly efficient, almost no dribbles, just catch, put it up, shoot, boom, like. And that's the guy that I'm probably the most afraid of because if we play the Warriors, Steph going to Steph, but if Clay going Clay, we going home today. So, <laughs> props up to Clay Thompson, man. Don and podcast, we fully behind you, bro. You're a top three, four, five, in my opinion. You're the second greatest shooter I've ever seen. And I saw Ray Allen. I did see Ray Allen get 11, uh, 16, 60 points on 11 dribbles. I've never seen oh. Ray Allen even think about doing that. So Definitely do not see that. Clay Thompson should have been top 75. I don't care what the voters say. Clay Thompson should have been a top 75 player. Um, and I know who he should have gotten over, but I'm not going to cast any aspersions because J. Cole said, if you broke and climbed a millionaire, the joke is on you, and I'm not getting a million dollars. So I ain't going to say nothing about it, but mm-hmm. I know who's sitting a bit up there. <clears throat> but to, to, yeah. to confirm your previous statement, bro, you were right. Clay Thompson reveals what he missed during his 941-day hiatus from basketball. That is I- – that, that is, is almost three years of basketball missed. So, mm, jeez, yeah, bro. Hey, Thompson, we glad to have you back, bro. I swear, man. Like this basketball is not the same without him. The Golden State Warriors are not the same without Clay Thompson. You can't just go out there and be like Steph, take Jordan Poole and Draymond and carry us to the finals. You cannot do that. You need Clay Thompson. And I'm glad to see him back, man. 941 days, you said? Yeah, man. That's in, that's insane. You know, the last time Clay Thompson before last year, the last time he was in the finals, we had never had COVID before, ladies and gentlemen. 2019. That was a – feels like ages ago <laughs> from here. It was, the, it, was, <laughs> it was the last thing. Um, stuff was going well, you know, for the world. But – you know, we we didn't have COVID. We didn't have any World War Three threats. You know, um, that was the last time Clay Thompson was Clay Thompson. He was Game Six. Even after Kevin Durant went down, Clay Thompson is such a great player that it didn't matter. We thought the Warriors were going to win. We thought those the Raptors were not going to get a game off until he came. I think he came down off a dunk or a layup, mm-hmm. and he tore towards ACL. But up until that moment. Even when he laid the ball up, everybody with basketball knowledge said the Warriors are going to win this series, and then he went down, and, of course, things went how they went. But Clay Thompson, man, salute, Hall of Fame player, Hall of Fame talent. Uh, we will see him uh, walking to uh, that basketball um, – I don't know, it's not purgatory, but it's that basketball sanctuary of all-time yeah. – great players and he will be a part of it as the top two shooter of all time. Um see it, this is the last thing I'm gonna say about Clay Thompson, bro. Then I'm gonna turn it back over to you. I just want to tell the people how <clears throat> how the gap between regular average above average athlete is to these great athletes that play in the NBA NFL like the elite of the elite. So you're talking well you're listening to someone here that tore their ACL before. Like, I tore my ACL, and when I tell you, before I was able to dunk, do all this stuff, after that, I lost all my athleticism. 
This man, Clay Thompson, tore his ACL in the NBA Finals. What was it, Game 5? Game 5, I believe. Yeah, uh, it, it was Game it was, 5 because it went to 6. Because it went to 6. Game 5 of the NBA Finals. He was in the hallway running on that leg, trying to get back in the game and finish that Game 5. When I tore my ACL, guys, I couldn't even get up. Like, I was on the ground. Klay Thompson got up and was running on his leg. That just goes to show the the gap, and it's significant. Because I consider myself to be a pretty solid athlete in my day of playing basketball, whether it be high school, trying to play in college, trying to walk on in college, and then that happening. This man, Klay Thompson, towards ACL was running. Like, it, it just – I don't – I don't know what else to say. Like he, if I'm not mistaken, didn't he shoot the free throws? Yeah, he came back and shot the free throws. Came back and shot the free throws. Like it just—it's crazy, bro. He's—he's he's one of the greatest, one of the toughest players we've ever seen. And hearing people say that he's like overrated, I—I I don't really agree with that. I mean, what would he be without Steph Curry? He'd still be probably one of the greatest shooters we've ever seen. Because I mean, he's second. Just Steph and all those numbers, career percentage, all that stuff. So, yeah, I just, I just wanted to give, like, like Alex said, man, salute to Craig, Clay Thompson. You're one of the best players we've seen in this generation shooting the ball, and people take you for granted because of you playing with Steph, and that's unfortunate. But Steph is just so great, but that should not diminish how great you are as well. So, salute to you. Salute, man. I, I have one more caveat. Let's just put in perspective how great Steph and Clay are, real quick, right? In today's NBA, as as competitive as, as competitive as it is, you're considered an elite shooter if you're shooting like thirty-seven to thirty-nine percent. Like that's elite. Clay Thompson shot thirty-eight percent from three last year. That was his career low. Before that time, ladies and gentlemen, Clay Thompson and Steph Curry had never shot below 40% from the three-point line in their career. Y'all know how hard that is? That's like J.J. Redick numbers. J.J. Redick used to come off screens. He had to be set up. He was a catch-and-shoot guy off the screen. That's just, that's still incredibly hard to do. Don't get it Don't get it twisted. I've come off a few screens before playing basketball uh, with the great Darius Capers. Don't let it – this man is 6'5", 6'6", ladies and gentlemen. He's the same size as Clay Thompson. Same size. And I've come off a screen, and it's hard coming off a screen, getting your feet set, and shooting that ball. So nothing to take away from J.J. Redick. But now you take J.J. Redick, you put two more inches on him, you get about 30 more pounds, and you give him elite shooting. You tell J.J. Redick, hey, we need 60, but we're only going to give you like 10 touches. And he'll make it shake too. That's the crazy thing. I've never seen that like 37 and a quarter. Some teams don't even get 37 and a quarter. I play 2K. You know how hard it is to get 37 and a quarter? Bro, that's going to be impossible because your dude going to get tired eventually. But yeah. so, bro, like, I can't, I can't, I just can't give Clay Thompson any more flowers, like you said, bro. Man, I was there on that sad day when you tore your ACL, man, and the pain on your face. I can, I can, I can, I can't even imagine the pain you felt. So, Clay Thompson, I, I don't know how he did it, man. I don't know how he did it. That man, 
That man, no one Clay Thompson now. He probably ran to the hospital. If he ran for the free throw, he probably just ran there. Like, and they like, oh yeah, you t- you t- you tore it. I'm like, bro, Clay Thompson, man, like, just an amazing talent. The Warriors are gonna be a tough out because of him. He's still like he sh- rightfully should be, in my opinion, the second option on that team. Um, and then you got Jordan Poole backing him up. You still got Draymond Green orchestrating. Clay Thompson, if you take him out, the Warriors are not winning the championship. I'm sorry. Like, that's that's just how it is. They have a greater chance of winning the championship ship, uh, with him in the lineup and you take Jordan Poole out. But if you take Clay Thompson out of that lineup, the Warriors might not beat the Kings if we're being real. Um, that would be something to see. So, hey, man, that's a good segue into our playoff prediction, bro. What you think about the East and the West? Yes. So, again, another shameless plug of the Dynasties uh, podcast YouTube channel. I don't feel like it's shameless because, you know, this is what we do in the Dynasties podcast. I'm here talking basketball. We got to plug all our stuff. Dropped a short on that earlier today, actually, detailing my personal picks of the NBA playoffs. I went through the play-in games, and I went through the entire playoffs to see who I got in the NBA finals and who's winning it for me. But I'll give you all – the same information I just did because I love y'all that much. So with the playing games for the Western Conference, and this is nice because I can go a little more in depth. So the West 7-8 matchup is the Timberwolves and the Lakers. 9-10 is the Pelicans and the Thunder. So out of the 7-8 matchup, I have the Lakers prevailing. I feel like with everything that's happened with Minnesota in the past few days, not only will Rudy Gobert not be playing, Jaden McDaniels broke his hand, uh, Cat, I mean, they got Cat, they got Ant-Man. Let's see what they can do. But I have them taking that L against Lakers. I feel like Anthony Davis and LeBron, they're not going out sad today. They're not. So I have them beating the the T-Wolves, and I have the Thunder beating the Pelicans in the 10-9 matchup. And so I have the 9-8 matchup being, being the Thunder versus the Timberwolves. I have the Thunder beating the Timberwolves and the Thunder making the playoffs as the eight seed. Uh, I really feel like Shea can do what he does and take over that, that series. I feel like he'll de- Shea will definitely be the best player on the floor in the Pelicans game, especially if Zion doesn't play, and I don't believe he will. I don't think they're going to rush him back. And with the Timberwolves series, him versus Ant-Man is a toss-up. I don't know if Cat's going to play because I believe Cat still was dealing with some injury stuff. He's been in and out of line yeah. kind of all year. So Ant-Man versus Shea, that's a, that could be a rivalry for the next 10 years in the East. I mean, in the West, excuse me. But I got Shea getting the best of him with that young team. They're hungry, man. They're young and hungry. And East playing games are pretty, pretty self-explanatory. 7-8 matchup is the Hawks versus the Heat. I got the Heat beating them. And then the Bulls and the Raptors, I got the Bulls beating the Raptors as well. So kind of similar. I have the 10 seed and the 7 seed making it out of both the East and the West from the play-in. So 7 seed will be Miami, 8 seed will be Chicago. But it doesn't really matter because the East play-in teams are going to lose. I mean, I got Boston beating Miami. I got the Bucks beating the Bulls. Cleveland, Knicks, I got Cleveland winning. Philly, Brooklyn, I got Philly winning. So that'll be Cleveland versus Milwaukee, like we talked about earlier. That's going to be a good series. I don't want people to sleep on the Cavs, but I got the Bucks winning. And then us in Philly, I got us beating Philly. And I have the Bucks surprisingly beating us in the Eastern Conference Finals. 
I feel like Giannis is just the best player in the league. You know, he's he's the best player in the league. Even though Joel Embiid is going to win MVP, I definitely feel like Giannis will do what Giannis does. And, you know, and if if we somehow beat them, I'll be happy. But I just I, – I like the Bucs. The, the, Giannis is the best player in that series. So, with the eight versus one being the Thunder versus the Nuggets – Nuggets will probably sweep the Thunder. Uh, two versus seven is you guys versus the the Grizzlies. I went with y'all because, hey, two best players in the series are on the Lakers team. LeBron, Anthony Davis are better than Ja, in my opinion. So I got y'all beating them. It's not going to be an easy series, but I feel like I could go six, and I feel like I could beat them. Kings and Golden State, I got Golden State beating the Kings. Like you just said, Clay's going to be the X factor in that series. And four versus five. I'm so ready for this series, the the Clippers versus the Suns, but I'm going with the Suns. I also got the Suns beating the Nuggets in the semis, and I got the Warriors beating you guys in the semis. So I got KD versus Steph in the Western Conference Finals, and I got Phoenix beating them. And to be honest, it's a coin flip between the Bucks and the Suns. If the Suns can stay healthy, the Suns are going to beat them, but I'm not banking on them staying healthy throughout the entire playoffs. So I got the Milwaukee Bucks winning the NBA Finals. Okay, good deal, good deal. Um, <clears throat> so now our stuff is kind of different, bro. I ain't gonna lie, like, but this has been a, it's been a hell of a season, so of course it'll be different. Um, let's go to the West for the play-in. Of course, we're going to beat the Timberwolves. Now, I got the Pelicans beating the Thunder, and then the Pelicans beating the Timberwolves for the eight seed. Um, yeah, because I really believe in B.I. I believe in C.J. Herb Jones is a high-rate defender. Don't sleep on Dyson Daniels. Um, those guys, that for, that forward and guard play, even off the bench, I feel like it's going to just overwhelm Oklahoma City. Because yes, they have Shea. Yes, they have Giddy. But outside of that, they don't really have a third option other than, like, Dort. Now, them Jalen Williams guys, they're good players. Don't get me wrong, but I just think it's kind of – I think you're just going against um, age and attrition and wisdom at this point. CJ has, has been through some playoff battles. Um, he's he's seen enemies way tougher than Oklahoma City Thunder. Um, I think he'll show up to play for that. And I don't think they have a solid answer for Valentunas. I know I don't think he thought I was going to bring his name up, but in situations <laughs> like this in the half court where they're going to be at, they're going to need a, somebody to face up five with them. And Valanciunas is like seven feet two eighty or something. He's like a big boy, bro. Like he's he can hoop. So <clears throat> I would have the Pelicans in the eighth seed, which means that they're going to have to face the Nuggets. Um, I can see Denver getting that out in six. I don't think they're going to sweep the Pelicans if they play them, um, because the Pelicans just have more better players. Like, of course, the Nuggets have Jokic, but. Right. They don't really have much outside of Jokic. Now the Pelicans, you can find a good player on the bench. Jose Alvarado is a really solid backup point guard that can get mm-hmm. you steals, can shoot, um, can play. He's an energy guy. When he gets on the floor, the Pelicans go crazy. Even the, the crowd just goes crazy. They call him GTA, which is crazy. Um, could, you, could you see Zion coming back to play if they make it out to play in? Um, I could. 
I don't think it would make that much of a difference, though. Really? I, and I say that because he hasn't played that many games. And no matter how good somebody is, and Lester, Steph, KD, Braun, Giannis, Embiid, Jokic, I don't think you can just throw in a guy. Not calling Zion just a guy. He's not just a guy. He's a very athletic guy. But um, I don't think you <laughs> can just – yeah, I don't. I, I just don't think you can just throw him in there. Now, if he had had maybe two, three weeks under his belt, and then they take him off for the play in, and they throw him in, then maybe. But he's been out for a while, so that's why I feel like it wouldn't make just as much of a difference chemistry wise. You have to really have your sets on par for the playoffs. So, yeah. um, that's the only that's the only reason why I'm only uh, giving. I'm saying it wouldn't go seven with uh, Zion, but of course we're going to beat the Grizzlies. Um, Outside of Ja, he's the third plus player on the floor when they when the games start and probably when they end. Um, Jaron Jackson would be the fourth, and then it'd probably be a toss up because D'Lo can come out of nowhere and be the best player on the floor at times. Austin Reeves can come out of nowhere and be the best player on the floor at times. Jer- Jared Vanderbilt can come on the floor and be the best defender on the floor at times. So right. the best rebounder. So it's like you know the Lakers just this is. If they fumble the series, man, I don't know what to say about my team. Sacramento and Golden State, the only reason I have uh, – I have the Warriors at six over the Kings. Um, the Kings do have a top-ranked defense uh, offense, but their defense is, like, bottom – like I think it's, like, 25 in the league. You're not going to get out of the first round with that. Yeah, um, but not against I, Steph Curry. Not against Steph Curry at all. Like, that's not going to work. So, um, if Sabonis can take advantage of the uh, – <laughs> Excuse me. If Sabonis can uh, realize the advantage he has <clears throat> over D- Draymond Green and Kaminga, as they are probably six five on a good day, um, then maybe they can make it real interesting. But I got the Warriors at seven um, because of the Kings' horrible defense. Um, the best series and I have it is on all exclamation points, quotes, um, <clears throat> fire emojis. Is Phoenix and the Clippers? I wish. Paul George was playing. I would love to see this seven-game series. I would love to see Russ stick it to KD or KD stick it to Russ. I would love to see uh, Russ stick it to Chris Paul off air. I do have debates that, you know, Russell Westbrook should be ranked higher in the all-time point guard list because of the outstanding numbers he's put up. Um, I even tried to put up him put up him over Chris Paul, but I got humbled. I'm not afraid to say that I was wrong about that. Um, but and that's just because of the playoff, the the championship berth that uh, Chris Paul got, um, and just you know the assisted turnovers. But anyway, um, that's going to be a hell of a series. I got the Suns in six. Um, Paul George wish you a speedy recovery. They they really can use you at this point, bro. I ain't even gonna lie. Um, and then you say you got the Warriors beating us in the second round. I do. I'm not going to disrespect Steph and say we just going to sweep them. But unless LeBron hear that foot pop again and and Anthony Davis play like he got some sense, then that series is going seven. And then a seven-game series, I usually don't bet against Steph, but that's LeBron on the other side. So I'm going to bet against him on this point. So all respect to Steph, but – that's 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 LeBron Ramon James. I'm gonna say whole government. 
That's like she'll be saying Thomas, Patrick, Brady, whatever his name is. Um, that's LeBron James. So, um, Ramon James. Um, so <clears throat> when the Clippers beat the, I think the Clippers would play the. I mean, excuse me. I think the Suns would play the Nuggets. I believe. Mm-hmm. Um, and I fully see the Suns taking care of the Nuggets, especially if Kevin Durant is on the floor. I can see a world where the Suns beat the Nuggets in five. Just because their top four players, they I mean, Kevin Durant is better than Jokic, in my opinion. So Kevin Durant's the best player on the floor. Then you got Jokic, then you got Devin Booker as the next best player, and then Chris Paul, excuse me. Then you could Chris Paul, then Aiden, and then it's just whoever Denver throws out at that point. And I feel like when the form when these teams are that lopsided in talent. I would be a fool to pick the uh, pick the Nuggets over the Suns, no matter how great Jokic is. Um, so <clears throat> that would mean the Lakers would have a realistic way on to playing to the Suns in the Western Conference Finals, and this is where stuff gets dicey because I am a fan of my Lakers, but I'm also very honest, and I'm not gonna say it, but y'all know what I'm gonna say: LeBron might not make it to the finals. Unless he just goes berserk, like I know he can, but him and Kevin Durant are going to cancel out. Now, if Anthony Davis wants to play out, he got some sense. Then maybe we could do something here. If Anthony Davis wants to drop twenty-five and twelve with three, two and a half blocks, okay, then we're gonna revisit this conversation, of course. But um, until until further notice, I would have the Suns going to the finals where they would play the Celtics, and I'm gonna tell you how they're gonna get there. All right, so in the first round. We would have the Bucks playing the Miami Heat because they're going to get out of the play-in. They're going to beat the crap out of the Hawks. I have the Toronto Raptors actually beating the Bulls instead of the other way around. Um, they got the league leader in steals in OG Ananubi, Pascal Siakam, Scotty Barnes, Freddie Van, uh, Fred Van Vliet, Gary Trent. These are guys that not only can shoot the ball very well, but they can also get up in and get in your buck and defend, hold you, make you a couple stops. And when they're playing the Bulls, I know Lonzo is out outside of Levine and Vucevic. I don't really and, and Demar. I just don't think that that's going to equate to the full team effort that's going to take to beat the Raptors. So in that regard, the Raptors will be taking the eighth seed where they would get swept by the Bucks, <clears throat> um, or in five. I'm just going to be respectful, maybe five, but I can see a sweep. Um, the Boston Celtics. This is a very dicey situation. I can see y'all going seven with Miami. Oh, I ain't even gonna lie. Yes, as great as y'all are, I really, I really see a world because oh. for whatever reason, Miami and Boston just hate each other. I don't know what it is, but I can see a world where that goes seven. And if it goes seven, I'm going to pick y'all because y'all obviously have the better team. But Jimmy Butler is crazy in the playoffs. I don't know. He's got locks now that are extensions. He's got weaving his head. I don't understand it. And he's still great. A bucket. I don't get it. Um, then I got the Sixers sweeping the Nets, barring injury. The Cleveland Cavaliers are going to beat the Knicks in six, in my, in my, in my opinion. Um, so that would leave the Boston Celtics. Um, I think they would have to play the Sixers, mm-hmm. right? Then they would have to play the Sixers. That is also going seven. Um, I don't know, man. I don't know. I say the I, the only reason I say the stuff is getting to the finals is because right now y'all have the healthiest team out of the top three. Of course, um, this the Bucks would have to play 
Um, I think they'd have to play the Cavs in the second round. That might go seven in a seven-game series. If if Chris Middleton is back, I'm taking the Bucks. But if not, I'm gonna have to take the Cavaliers, which leads me to get picking the Celtics over the Cavaliers in the Eastern Conference Finals. Um, and then that 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 might be a seven-game series too. I ain't gonna lie to you. Oh wait, so you have Milwaukee losing to Cleveland? Yeah. In seven? Yeah. I'm not against that, bro. Like like I was saying earlier, bro, I feel like they can give them the toughest game out of all of the top four teams. Like, I don't see – if somehow Philly beat us, I can see the Bucks sweeping Philly or beat him in five. Five? Because I could see Drew Holiday making it a very tough series on, on James. And okay. I mean, unless Tyrese Maxey's averaging thirty, then I feel like Giannis and Embiid are going to be a, a wash. I mean, that could be. I could see them losing the five. No lie. I, uh, that 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 would be a huge hindrance on Joel Embiid's career, and that would just probably propel Giannis through the stratosphere into the next season. I ain't gonna lie, but I mean, I the only I reason like I'm not that. picking this. If we yeah, play Cleveland, we're going to beat them, bro. Oh, yes. I mean, hey, man, we might be able to get a Lakers and Celtics uh, final. That would be amazing. That would be That crazy, would be amazing. Bro. That means LeBron James ran the East and ran the West, and I don't want to hear anybody say anything else about him ever again, not being the GOAT. But, uh, yeah, man, I think y'all will have to play the Cavs in the in our finals, and <clears throat> that's going to be – Tough. That's gonna be tough for y'all, bro. But y'all best players are bigger than their best players, so yeah. y'all might get that. I ain't gonna lie. Um, but yeah, I got either I got either the Suns and the Celtics, or I got the Lakers and the Celtics. I like that. I like that. One one topic I have because I don't know if you had any more, but this was a this was something I seen that I really wanted to just like kind of talk with you about. It was. Stars that could be asking for a trade out of their current organizations. And I have six players that I kind of want to ask you about. Like, kind of ask about okay. fits and like, where do you think they could go? So, first player is Trey Young because it's speculation that they, that their ownership has given their front office, you know, the green light to do whatever it takes to try to make that team win. And so Trey Young could be on the block or try to rebuild or whatever it takes. So what could you see? Who could you see Trey Young going to? And what could you see like the compensation being for a guy like Trey Young? Um you know I, I'm not even gonna lie to you. I have a couple a couple uh places that I think Trey Young can go. Um, the first place I think he can end up is is probably Oklahoma City. I think a package surrounding maybe like Josh Giddy or in one of them Williams brothers mm-hmm. would suffice. I think that would really give uh, Atlanta a clear cut way to progress. They can slide uh, Dejounte back into one like he was in San Antonio, and we know that Josh Giddy is a six eight two guard that can make plays. He can get some shots up. Um, and just make a team better. And then they just grow from there. 
another place I can see him going to is um, Jesus Christ. I think uh, Miami would be, be lucky to have him um, if they trade away Tyler and uh, probably Gabe Vincent, Matt Struess, and picks away. And if you can run it with uh, Trey Young and uh, Bam and Jimmy Butler, now you got a whole different season next year. You got a whole <laughs> different problem. On oh your hands. man, that would be scary, yeah. bro. Oh man. I'm glad I ain't in the East. I'm glad the Lakers is out west. Um, I ain't gonna lie. As a Laker fan, if we don't get it done this year, I tell you guys all the time that we need to blow it up. If we don't get it done this year, they can have him for Anthony Davis. Really? Give us Trey Young. Let us try Young. Yeah, let's try. Because at that point, we're not going to get a championship. LeBron James would be 40. Yeah. Unless he's just that awesome, and he could be. He really mm-hmm. could be. He just yeah. put up 29 this season. Um. Then, hey, then let's let's start over. Let's start young. We got young pieces already. We just resign all those, put Trey Young in, and just see what happens from there. Um, another place Trey Young could go. If you want to trade him straight up, I don't know why the Suns would do it. He could go to y'all for Jalen Brown because y'all have been trying to trade him anyway. Um, but I feel like Jalen Brown's gonna get that All NBA selection. Y'all yeah. gonna have to pay him that two hundred million. I, I don't and want that's not going to happen. Uh, I don't, I don't <laughs> want Trey Young. I'd rather keep JB. Give him the two hundred million. I think those are like the top three teams because everybody else would be just like, I don't know if you could really trade a guy like Trey Young who's re- routinely a twenty five and ten guy, routinely. So I don't know how many guys you're gonna get like that. Just just grow on trees. Or you can just add him to the fray. Now, if you want to get Damian Lillard out of, up out of Portland, that would be a good switch of the two um, to see, put I, Damian in a better situation. Look, I have another single swap for you because this, like I said, I just seen this on Bleach Report. They said <laughs> the Dallas Mavericks sign and trade Kyrie Irving in the 2023 first round pick for Trey Young. How would you feel about that? I would feel like the Mavericks really hate the Hawks because they keep fleecing them. That's how I would feel. I would feel like there's some real beef in that organization if they let that happen. That is Dallas. Just, the Hawks lost their job. That is Dallas just throwing poop at a wall with Lucas' face on it and seeing what sticks <laughs> next to him. Because what? Come that, on, man. I don't even think that would fit, bro. I really don't think that would fit. Luca needs an off. Ball guy, he needs a bunch of guys like he had when he went to the Western Conference Finals last year. He needs because Jalen Brunson isn't on by a guy, but he he can move off ball. He's a better off ball guard than Kyrie is, Wait, and Kyrie Irving is not bad. He's just not what he needs. And Trey Young would just make that go through the ground because if we're being real, Trey Young is the worst shooter between those three. Oh, definitely. he just shoots a lot. He shoots a lot. Yeah, he's a he's a he's a jacker, low key. He'd be shooting. I'm like, bro, come on. So, honestly, bro, if the Mavericks do that, they'll be more or less in the same situation. They still got to take care of Christian Woods. I don't really know if they're looking to trade for a Trey Young because they would know that they have – Atlanta would know they have all the leverage because they're trying to appease Luka. So, I don't know if that would work. Now, last year, maybe if you Mm -hmm. sign and trade Brunson and you keep, you know – 
All the Orient City yeah. shit. You keep, yeah, you keep that the other guys, and maybe nice. you could have got Trey Young. But I mean, I just don't. I I don't personally see it happening now. Um, Darren Fox has got some high stock now, bro. Making to the getting them to the the playoffs. Maybe they could, you know, trade him to Atlanta and trade Trey Young to uh, Sacramento. They still have an incredible offense because. Sabonis would be by far the best player Trey's ever had. So, oh, facts. Um, that's facts. just that's probably that's the off the top of the dome piece. I don't know of a team that can really trade for him and yeah. still be in stand to compete because his contract's so big. <clears throat> it's funny you mentioned Christian Wood because it's speculation that Christian Wood's looking to leave this offseason. So, he's probably gone, bro. From uh, he's probably gone from from Dallas, so I don't know what they're going to do in terms of people around Luka, but yeah, it's looking like he's going to leave, but uh, yeah, actually they said that Luka, I mean, Luka said like most athletes say, I'm happy here, but they always say they're happy and then they request a trade. Exactly. They're saying Luka can request a trade depending on how this Kyrie, situ- Kyrie Irving situation goes. I was looking at first take today and they made a good point. Jalen Rose said Kyrie Irving has all the leverage in this situation. He knows they're trying to appease Luca. The best way to appease Luca is to pay the best player he's ever had. So he can get that mega million, 200, however million dollar contract probably, even with being the problem child of the league. Um, I I just don't think Luca, I think Luca, as smart as he is, I just know, I think he just realizes that him and Kyrie Irving won't work. and I see a situation where he requests a trade, but it's going to be kind of like the the Luca the Trey Young situation. Where do you trade him to? Because Luca is, like you said, you got the championship level players where you got LeBron, KD, Steph, Giannis, those types of guys. But I look at Luca and, and Tatum as, as that that tier right under the championship team, but above yeah. the All NBA caliber player because. They could be the first option on all, all NBA teams still. With all the, the best 15, they can still be the first option if you started that team out and said, let's play somebody. The ball will go through them. But in the same breath, they haven't cho- they haven't proven that they can take their team to the next step and win it all. So I agree. It's a sticky situation. It's a real sticky situation. The only person you could probably trade Luca for that would request a trade is Damian Lillard. But why would he do that? He'd be in the same situation, if not a worse situation than he already is in. I don't. So, I I don't know, bro. They either they either either Mark Cuban is going to have to accept the fact that he just uh, he really can't put a team together. This has been like the, this will been a, like the third time he's blown a team up. First he had Steve Nash and uh, Dirk Nowitzki. We saw that they all became Hall of Fame players. Then he had Luca and Chris Stapps. I still think that should have worked better than it did. And now you lost Jalen Brunson, and now you're probably going to lose Kyrie Irving because Kyrie also wants to win. Um, He'll probably sign with a place that's going to pay him that's also got a good team around him. So, yeah, I could see see somebody like Kyrie. I mean, I don't really know where he'd go, honestly. But the the other names – I'm just going to bring them out to you because they're like, they're not on the level of a Trey Young, I don't think, but they're pretty, pretty good players. You got Bradley Beal, DeMar DeRozan, 
Well, Damian Lillard's on that level. So Damian Lillard, Pascal Siakam, and Carl Anthony Towns. And so I just out of those five names, what player team fit do you think would be the best? Like for instance, for me, I said out of these five teams, I said DeMar DeRozan and Cleveland. If there's somehow some way that DeMar DeRozan could get out and get to Cleveland, they have a gaping hole at that small forward spot. Maybe that would be too much on one team. I, I don't know. DeMar is not a tremendous three-point shooter and is not a tremendous defender, but he's 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 solid defensively, and he doesn't really shoot threes, but with with D. Mitch being able to shoot, Garland being able to shoot. I mean, Jared Allen has a mid-range. And, I mean, I don't really know if Mobley can shoot either. But I just feel like that would be the best starting five in the NBA, if that makes sense. So, I had that. And I also had Dame going to Denver. Like, I feel like they could put a pretty good package together, like Jamal Murray – and maybe like Aaron Gordon or Michael Porter Jr., whichever one they prefer, and you just roll out Damon Jokic. I mean, you just see where those two take you. So, like, do you got, like, maybe a better fit for any of those five names? Now, now can you run me back those five names? Um, probably got a little scratchy. I don't know what was going on with it. But uh, you said DeMar, you said Carl, you said Damon. Who are the other two? Uh, Brad Beal. And Pascal Siakam. Okay, for Brad Bill, <clears throat> I feel like Brad Bill can be moved. I think you could do the sign and trade with Kyrie and trade him to Washington and bring back Brad Bill. I think that would be Ooh. the perfect off guard that I was talking about. Um, yeah. Where Brad Bill is a shooting guard, so he's really off the ball. More. He should be off the ball more than he is. When they had a real point guard there in John Wall, he was off the ball. So I think you're you're making you're getting Brad Bill back, who's also another thirty point per game guy. I think you rolled that out, and if you keep Christian Wood, that's a solid uh, big three right there. That is um, for Cat. I think Cat needs to stay in Minnesota. That's what I said too. Bro. I don't know where you. I don't know where you trade Cat, where he would make. It turned from night to day or day to night for another team. I just I I can't think of one where you can trade them straight up where another team is not losing pieces other than Miami. And I like Bam with uh, Jimmy. What like Jimmy with Cat? We already saw that, and Cat was crying in practice because they lost to some third stringers. So um, that Cat needs to just take it on the chin and just stay in Minnesota. They got a good team there. I don't care what the what their uh, what their record says. They got Ant Man who. Looks like the second coming of D Wade. Um, they got Rudy Gobert. I can't believe I'm about to say anything nice about Rudy Gobert, but he's a good defender. He's a good rebounder, and that's about it. Um, Jaden McDaniels is a do-it-all young small forward. I like him a lot. Um, they really gutted their team with that Rudy Gobert trade. They didn't really – all the other people that they had are on the Lakers now. <laughs> but – uh. <laughs> uh, they, he should really just try to make it work there. Um, so that's Brad Bill. Then you had Cat, Demar Derozan. I like him with the Cavs, like you said. Um, I kind of also like him on a team like the Kings because mm. they need somebody that's a 
a go-to score. Yeah, and he'd be and, going back yeah, exactly. home to Cali. That'd be smooth. I didn't even think about I, that. Yeah, you know, I think I, I think that would work bode well for him as a you know all those aspects he can see his family, and that's a winning team now. Like them winning and having a respectable coach who yeah. Mike Brown was on the bench for the for the Warriors. I think he even was a, the was. coach for the Warriors when Steve Kerr was out. Mm-hmm. I think Mike Brown Mike Brown used to be LeBron's coach. That's mm-hmm. an, he's got the basketball knowledge to back up. Hey, Demar, not only will you get your buckets, but we'll go into the playoffs too with you, man. That's a, that's. I think that would really, for somebody of DeMar with that championship and doing they're missing, I think that would be enticing. Um, That's a really good team. I didn't even think about the Kings, bro. We have to start looking at them as a destination now. As a exactly. trade destination. Sacramento, California. Yeah. yeah, probably. California in general, people want to live on the West Coast. I mean, that's that's a, I like that one a lot. I like that one a lot. And then the other one I had was Siakam. Who you? Siakam. Mm. Might look at me crazy, but would there be a way that you could reunite Kawhi and uh, Siakam? Would that involve giving up PG or trying to keep PG? Cause, I mean, now, if you can keep PG and trade away Terrence Mann and all them boys, yeah, and Zubat, you know, if you can if you can trade away them young guys, then that'd be great. But if you have to give up Paul George, at least you're not giving up those other guys on your bench too. So that might that if it's straight up, that might be the best way for at least Pascal. He'll be in LA now. Toronto for Paul George, he might hate that. Thing, oh right? yeah, for sure, he's gonna hate his. Money. He might not like that at all. He might. <laughs> You know, I, I I don't know how many years he's got left on his deal, but he might request a trade from that. I don't think they'd be winning, and that would be the first time in Paul George's career that he's not in a winning situation. Um, a definitive winning situation. Not where I'm just going to be in the first round and get swept. But uh, Pascal Siakam, I think he'd go there. Well, like I said, man, like I'm saying, if Anthony Davis ain't hooping this playoff season, I, I'm willing to trade Anthony Davis for Pascal Siakam and, like, Gary Trent Jr. I ain't lying. Or Pascal and OG and Anubi. I ain't lying. That's really good for y'all, actually. That's really good. Like, yeah, we're giving up some size. We're giving up some defense. But Pascal is a way better playmaker. He's a way better shooter. And he's getting, like, 25 points per game when everybody knows he's getting the ball. Now you're putting him as the second option. Him and Jared Vanderbilt goes crazy. On the perimeter oh, yeah. and inside. That would okay? be wild. So that would be crazy. You know what I'm saying? I'm like, or if the Sixers, for whatever reason, just want to blow it up, they don't believe in James Harden, maybe trade James Harden for Pascal. That could work. That still makes it go crazy on the inside. If I'm the Sixers, I would, you think there's a world, and you're probably going to look at me like, bro, ain't no way. Maybe a Tobias Harris and I gotta take off the glasses or Therese Maxi. Would you trade Maxi for Siaka? Maybe now, Maxi. I'm, I'm Maxi. I'm enticed by Maxi. I'm enticed by Maxi. Do you have some picks I can go with that? Because at that you point, I'm about to gut your picks. team now. That's what I'm saying. It's like uh, I would not want to trade Harden for the simple fact of. 
do I believe Maxie can be a lead guard? Yeah, it's like, like y'all don't want to take Tobias <laughs> in in something. <laughs> Tobias and Maxie, that's not enough. Just them two. No. Tobias and Max- oh man, because we got to remember Siakam is like a borderline All NBA guy. He's like a, a All Star numerous times. He's a good twenty point per game guy. So we got. He's a champion. He's a champion as well. He put a big part in Kawhi getting that championship. So, I mean, hey, bro, if you can, if you can, if you can rob the Sixers like that, and they're still trusting the process that much that you can rob them, then by all means, go ahead and rob them blind. Keep keep James Harden, yeah. Sam Hinkie, or, or they. He's not there anymore. He's there in the spirit. Yeah. You know. Uh, what's that man's name? Uh, Daryl Morey. Yeah, Morey. If he can pull a finesse like that, he'll get executive over the. He'll get executive executive of the year next year. That's another one we didn't get to. Executive oh. of the year. I give it to I give it to Rob. Yeah, Rob got it. That trade he yeah. made probably did it for him. If we're looking at Siakam, twenty four, eight and six with a steal and a half a block a game. 48 from the field, 32 from three, 77 from the line. And that'd be that'd be something, bro. That'd be something for real. That would be. Unless, like, I mean, unless you want to train the OKC. Give them a veteran presence. And see, OKC, I was honestly thinking of that trade for Cat because I'm thinking, hey. If I'm the Timberwolves, okay, I've given up all these draft picks, all these young pieces for Gobert. Maybe I'm trying to recoup some young pieces. Maybe they get one of the Williams brothers. Maybe, heck, maybe if I'm the Thunder and I'm trying to ex- expedite my process, I consider trading Chet for Cat. No lie. I would consider a Chet a Chet and Williams brother, the sorry of the Williams brothers, the, the light-skinned one. Chet, him, yeah. and then a draft pick from – the Paul George trade, give me Cat. I have Cat. I have Shea. I have the, the better of the Williams guys. I have a bunch of other young pieces. Then I got my draft pick that I'll be getting this year. And then I got the Clippers pick. I have all of these other draft picks from the Rush trades, from the, like, I would get, like, I mean, they've shown they can make the plan without Chet. And if you're replacing Chet with Cat, I feel like that's either lateral or you're getting better. Like, you, there's no way – I don't think Chet's going to be better than Carl Anthony Towns. Maybe I could be wrong, but Carl Anthony Towns is like a 24-10 and 10 guy. Like, he ain't no yep. two blocks a game, but he's 24-10 and 10 and is the greatest three-point shooting big, according to statistics, that we've ever seen play in the NBA. Like, he's like 39, 40% for three for his career from three. So, if I can trade, trade Chet for that, you can have Chet. <laughs> Give me Carl Anthony Towns back. Yeah, and if the Timberwolves do that trade, that would confirm to me everything Paul uh, Kevin Garner has ever said about that franchise. <laughs> <clears throat> that that would is how you gonna how you gonna trade for a guy that tore his foot in a in a pro am game in the summer? Like you never seen him. You haven't seen that man play anything outside of what college at Gonzaga. He looked all right at Gonzaga, yeah. but he. Like I tell you, bro, he the main problem I have with Chet is he's my 
he weighs the same amount I weigh, but he's like a foot taller than me. Like I'm, I'm what, one ninety, one eighty five, but I'm six foot. It's he's, compact on me. I look good. He's seven two <laughs> at one ninety five. <laughs> so it's like, come on, Chet, what you doing, bro? And then they were showing pictures like, of him, They're saying like he put on yeah. masks, bro. Stop it. That's what I'm saying, bro. Stop it, bro. Yeah, bro. Like my my thing is, man. Every time I think of Chet, I think of that meme with Cat and Demarcus, and I just imagine that's gonna be Chet on any big that you put him on. That's gonna be Chet against Bismack Biombo. What are you doing, Chet? <laughs> Fight back, Chet. I'm uh, trying. Right. Yeah, Cat's yeah. twenty three and eleven for his career. 39.5% from three, and 52% from the field, and 84% from the line. That's outstanding. Three-time All-Star, two-time All-NBA, one rookie of the year. If I can get that for Chet, then y'all can have that skinny dude. Like That's highway robbery. <laughs> and the thing is, Cat's still just young. Keep robbed, bro. Cat's 27. I mean, it's not young, but he's 27. He's been in the league, what? Eight seasons. Yep, seven seven seasons. So I, I don't know, bro. Look, I just know that cat. He should, his best bet is to figure it out alongside of Ant Man, because they got they got this. They got he has everything. Cat just has to dedicate himself to defensive end. If they do that, they have a big two going going forward, and. Mm-hmm. You kind of shot yourself in the foot trading for Rudy Gobert. I'm not even, I don't know what made them think that Cat is a four. He's not a four. He's a five only. He is a five only. You do not put him as a four for him to get cooked by everybody. Exactly. That, so that that was a horrible move on their part. I don't. I hope they fired the person that presented that to the meeting table. I really do because that's that that. Destroyed their season going forward and probably next season because, bro, they traded away Walker Kessler, Jarrett Vanderbilt, Malik Beasley, who is a wonderful shooting. I think he's like around 39, 40% for his career. Um, actually, him and Steph have been the one and two, I believe, for the last three years on three points, three pointers made, which is amazing. That's um, insane. And four first round picks, two were pick swaps, and two were un, unprotected. Like they essentially, you're, you're making my case. Bro, the Jazz essentially got more for Rudy Gobert than they got for Donovan Mitchell. When you think about it, yeah, that's crazy to think about. Because when you think the Jazz main piece back for D. Mitch was Colin Sexton in draft picks, it was like three first. It was like three picks, like Colin Sexton and some other pe- like some little pieces yeah. and. Three picks. They got four picks. Walker Kessler, <laughs> like Walker Kessler's. Yeah, four all picks on four, like eight players. Yeah, like, like eight insane. players all together. Rudy Gobert is not worth all that, bro. Like he he just punched Kyle Anderson. So you essentially trade away eight players for a play-in spot and a and a and Kyle Anderson to have a hurt chest. That's it. Yeah, bro. If I'm cat, I'm trying to get out of there, bro. Shoot, I like what OKC got going on. Who that? Who 
who did I play with when I was in college? I'm trying to think of the, the people he played with. Didn't he play with Devin Booker? Shoot, is there a way mm-hmm. I can get the Phoenix? Can y'all trade DeAndre Ayton for me? I don't no. think they do it, but <laughs> shoot. <laughs> I don't know. Get me out of Minnesota, bro. This, mm, 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 mm. You said trade him to – you said trade Cat to who again? I, uh, uh, Phoenix? No, I said OKC first, but I was saying, like, yeah, because he played with uh, D-Book in college, so I'm like, is there a way I can – is there a way I can maneuver my way to play with my homeboy? What Kodak Black say on what Kodak Black say on the uh, on the Breakfast Club? I hope so, bro. He went to <laughs> Phoenix. <laughs> Yo, place DeAndre Ayton with him. You'd have D Book, KD, and Cat. Oh man, throw the whole West away. At that point, yeah, bro. I mean, the the Lakers are an Eastern Conference team. I don't care where they are. Oh man. That <laughs> Hey, nah, y'all was in the East, bro. I don't even think y'all made the playoffs this year. Nah, y'all probably would. I think y'all be a yeah, playing team. Bro, y'all be yeah. a playing team, bro. I think y'all be a playing team. I think we could have replaced the New York Knicks. Because, honestly, after that top four spot, it's really wide open. And if we're beating up on the East all year, then... Yeah, if y'all played mostly East teams, y'all probably would have would have did a little better, but... I was just looking at y'all record yeah. now because 43 and 39, y'all would have been the eighth seed. Y'all would have finished yeah. right behind Miami. So And we had to play Giannis. That sucks. But uh yeah, man. I think I think that would go nowhere fast. <laughs> so <laughs> let's stay in the West. Just keep it easy. Yeah. Yeah, let's just let's not uh Did uh did you have any other topics you had uh to discuss? Um I did not. I did not. I uh I think that'll be it for the viewers, but we will be back later. Um so we you know we are working men, but we are gonna come back with you guys. It's gonna be the greatest playoff series that we've probably ever seen from uh just like the season. And we will be back with you guys every step of the way. First round, second round, third round, and the finals. So oh, yeah. keep it breezy with us. Oh, yeah, definitely, definitely, definitely. Uh, before we let y'all go, man, just want to give some words of wisdom. Just keep your head up. Stay blessed. Keep praying. Uh, Easter Sunday was yesterday. Resurrection Sunday was yesterday. Whichever you prefer, we call it Resurrection Sunday. And so, you know, just, just know God didn't place you in a position you can't handle. He's with you all the way. He rose so that we may live again through Christ Jesus when we pass. So just just stay prayed up, man. And you got this. Whoever that whoever needed that, you got this. And so I'm gonna let Alex give his words of wisdom and then we'll let y'all go. Look, man, I just want to tell everybody, I'm gonna reiterate this until um the sea cows come home, man. Just love your folks. Um it's a lot of trifling people out here um very trifling do not want to see you succeed you know their their main goal in life is to derail you because something has derailed them um or they could just be playing out evil um whatever the case may be just you know stick to stick to your guns um you know whichever your religion is stick to that um and your faith 
Um, and just keep being, just you know, just keep being yourself. Don't let anybody uh, make you feel like you're not doing something because their life is some way and yours isn't going the way that you expected. It might not just be your season right now, but the worst thing you can do for yourself is to compare you to other people. And on that note, have a good night, everybody. Please stay blessed up. Please continue to follow our podcast. We are growing by the day, by the second. Our name is getting out there. We have shorts on our YouTube with us. I've gotten about a thousand views. Um, and our YouTube channel hasn't even been up that long. And we almost had 200 subscribers. Like we are really building here. Um, and we'd love to take you guys on the journey. Um, whether that might be um, subscribers coming in on the podcast, maybe um, for a, a debate or whatever the case may be. We're willing to work with you guys. We appreciate you guys' support. In the bottom of my heart, I know this was a dream come true for me to be able to talk sports with my guys to the world. And I want to appreciate I want to give everybody my thanks and salutes to making the dream come true. Oh, yeah. Till next time, it's your boys. <laughs> Out. <laughs>